a summary of the Sikha. The Sikha, the Rebbe discusses a whole bunch of Rashis, all of them explaining the uh, Midrashic uh, significance of the different, the various uh, things that the Nasiim brought as their carbon. Rashi interprets it in a Midrashic way, and uh, the Rebbe explains what is, what's going on, why, what are the different seemingly um, unconnected details that are brought out in all of these in the Rashi's interpretation how they all flow on a certain theme it would be advisable to, uh, to follow the Rashi properly to follow the Sikha properly to read those few Rashi's um, ahead of the Sikha but if you don't uh, we'll go through it briefly anyway throughout the Sikha so Rashi tells us from the teachings of Ramosha Hadarshan, in other words, a drush, more of a medrash type of an interpretation, and uh, the Kairos Kesef, the bowl, the silver bowls, was is the numerical value of uh, 930, which is, corresponds to the years that other Marishan lived. One uh, bowl of silver is corresponds to Noyach because it was uh, the the weight of it was the number of year when the, when the marble started and when the Noyach had children and so on one spoon full of tires corresponds to the tire one bull one uh, one ram and one lamb was corresponds to Avram Yitzhak and Yaakov a goat corresponds to the sell, uh, to to get atonement for the selling of Yosef. To uh, in regards to the the uh, they made a shlomim which was of two cattle, that's corresponds to Moshe and Aaron. Elim atudim kvasim different uh, a ram rams and uh, male lambs and female lambs. This was connected. There are three different species connected kainim levim and Yisraelim and so on. So first of all, we, under, we have to understand why does Rashi suddenly launch into a whole um, expansive description of a Medrashic interpretation of these items. Rashi explains the simple meaning. He doesn't explain Medrash. And, uh, and it's already been discussed in another Sikha that uh, the reason that Rashi addresses it is because one could ask the question, why is the whole each detail, every single nasi, it describes again and again, reiterates it 12 times, every detail of what they brought, why wasn't it enough just to say, the first one, Nachshim and brought the following details, and the following weights, and so on, all the details that are brought and then say, the second day was the leader of Shimon and he did brought the same as Nachshim the third day was the leader of whoever that was, and he brought the same thing. And just go through the Shvatim and just say they brought the same thing. Why reiterate everything again and again? So Rashi is trying to explain that it wasn't the same carbon. Each Nasi had a different kavana, had a different intent. There was a different something behind it. What he was doing, even though he brought the same physical objects and the same animals and so on, but there was something else behind it. Each Nasi brought something that pertained, it, it spoke to what his Shevet stood for, and he brought it with that Kavana. Each one was a different type of a carbon, even though the physical materials and so on were all the same. And he brings it out by showing one of those carbonas.
one of those into kavanas as they were as Shimon, the leader of Shimon had them. We still have to understand, however, because the, the things that they brought seem to be very like scattered, random things that don't seem to tie together really. What's the theme behind it? There must be something that ties it all together. So you have to understand what that is. Also, why doesn't Rashi give the explanation for each individual Nasi, what his intention was? In fact, the Medrash does give the intention of each individual Nasi, but Rashi just gives us one, the one from Shimon, and that's it, and he stays with that. Shouldn't he be giving, delivering what each one said separately? Or, uh, or not said, but had in mind what the kavana of each one separately was. So that could be answered. It would seem that what Rashi is telling us is that there was an overriding theme that was equal to all the Nesim. And then from those general themes, they drew from it something that pertained to their particular Nasi, to their particular Shevet, sorry. So that there is a general theme, which all of them share, and then there is how each one interpreted it according to his Shevet. And that's the one that Rashi teaches us. It was, it's those general themes which Rashi teaches us. As we find, in fact, by the, uh, the, when the Medish gives each individual Shevet's Kavana, it says at the beginning of each one a, a theme, like by, uh, by Shevet Yehuda, it was the theme of Malucha, of kingship, because that's what Yehuda, the Shevet Yehuda had. By the, by the Shevet Yisachar, it was Torah, the general theme was Torah. And then, the details as they unfolded in each individual object. Another thing we have to understand, in regards to Kaf Achas, the, the one spoonful of Torah, which weighed ten weights, Rashi says Kaf Achas means, the word Kaf means a spoon, but it also means the hand, like the palm of the hand. So it re- represents the Torah which was given from the hand of Hashem. Why did it weigh ten weights of gold? Because there are ten commandments, Aseris Adibris, in those in the in the Torah that was given by Hashem, and filled with Ketiras because the numerical value of the word Ketiras, according to a certain uh, code which Rashi teaches, it uh, it's the numerical value of Taryag. So in the uh, in the Torah there's also Taryag mitzvah. So that's Kafachasazara. So it already it covers Torah. But then he goes on later when it says Atudim Chamisha, Atudim and Eilim and Kvasim, it gives, he says again, And then he says that uh, why were there five of each? Because there's five Chumashim and the Aseris uh, is divided into two tablets, five on each. So why, if we already have covered Torah by the Kaf Achas Azarazav, why do we have to get, have another reference to Torah in the um, Elim, Atudim, and Kvasim, and there are multiples of five. Why do we need two allusions to Torah? Another question that could be asked: Rashi gives two reasons why there were multiples of five of those three species. One is, sorry, he gives three interpreta- two interpretations of why there were three species. Uh, so he says, Kainim Levim in Israelim, and and not another interpretation, but and um, so if it's only three how do you get six he just mentioned six things which are alluded to how do you get uh, if it's only three things how do you get six 
Then we have to understand about the three multiples of five. Meaning there were three, uh, five Elim, five uh, Atudim, and five Kvasim. So Rashi says the five Chumashim is the first, and then he says there were two, uh, two, two tablets with five Luchas on each. So we have to understand about this as well. Of the, the, three thi- the six things that he mentioned about the Atudim, Elim, and Kvasim, only one of them is Torah the three multiples of five only pertain to Torah so the other five are not, are not alluded to at all in the multiples of five why is the multiples of five only of them as to one of the details of the three species another thing is since Rashi mentions the five Chumashim before the, the, that, the fact that the two tablets had five um, five dibris on each one it's obvious that he's not talking about the actual luchas, he's talking about the because if he were talking about the actual luchas then that should have come first and then the five chumashim, but he reverses it so in other words that he's talking about the five aseris adibris as they appear in the chumash in the written Torah, not as they appear on the, on the tablets themselves and the fact that he mentions that there were two, uh, Rashi actually says, that were written on two tablets, he's not talking about the tablets themselves. Why were they written on two tablets? Because they're two separate categories of mitzvahs. We know that one of them is that the first five are primarily, are basically positive mitzvahs, and the second five are, are, are negative mitzvahs. And although the second and the third are also come across as a negative mitzvah, you shall have no foreign uh, alien God, and that you should not uh, utter the Hashem's name in vain, those are all a part, those two are a part of Anoichi Hashem Alekecha. I am your God, and therefore you must respect me by not having an alien God, by not uh, uh, mentioning my name in vain, but they're really part of Anoichi. So in, in essence, they're all positive mitzvahs. Another interpretation is that the first five are bein adam lamakim. They are mitzvahs between a man and God. Even though a kibbutz aim is also between man and their own parents, or a person and their own parents, but Hashem is also one of the parents. There are three partners in the uh, in the birth of a person, and uh, our sages tell us that the mitzvah of kibbutz aim is an allusion to the mitzvah that we must show respect to Hashem also. So in other words, it's really all bein adam lamakim between a person and Hashem. The second category, the five are bein adam lechaveder, do not commit murder, do not steal, and so on. So therefore, we're talking about the aseres adibris as they appear in Torah, not on the uh, luchas. So since we're already we already mentioned the chamisha chumsha Torah, why do we have to have the aseres adibris as they're found found in the chamisha chumsha Torah? Why do we need a special allusion to that? So to understand all this, we have to ask a general question about these items that were brought by the Nisiyan. The karbonas that the Nisiyan brought were meant as a dedication of the Mizbeach. In other words, karbonas, that would be the way to dedicate the Mizbeach. Yet, they brought other donations like uh, wagons and uh, oxen to pull the wagons that were there to help out in the work of the Mishkan. But the Mizbeach, these Karbanas were meant as a dedication of the Mizbeach. So why does the Torah mention, to begin with, golden, uh, uh, golden trays and golden uh, bowls, and go- uh, sorry, silver trays and silver go- uh, tr- 
bowls and golden uh, spoons and then a mincha and, and ktairis. Why doesn't he mention first and foremost the carbonus that they brought? That comes, seems secondary to the utensils that they brought. So to explain, it's logical to say that the carbonus that they brought, with the, all these things that they brought, were there to demonstrate the importance of the Mizbeach. They were trying to convey what's so special about the Mizbeach and what it happens now which we didn't have before, before we had a Mizbeach and a Mishkan. Now we have a Mizbeach and a Mishkan, things are totally different. So they were trying to convey what is that difference. What is the difference? The difference is, as conveyed by the word Mishkan, Migdash, Hashem, Hashem said, make for me a holy place and I will dwell in it. Which means that from that time on, meaning from Matan Torah, in a general sense, by the Vesa Migdash, the Mishkan, we have now the ability to take something which is ordinary and mundane, physical, material, and to transform it into a holy thing, mikdash. We took ordinary materials of gold and silver and wood and so on, and transformed it into a holy thing. It became holy. The same is true for the Mizbeach. We can take an ordinary animal, which has no holiness attached to it at all, and we bring it as a carbon, and then you put the animal onto the Mizbeach and the godly fire that was on the Mizbeach, a fire came down from heaven and consumed that carbon. You see how it is transformed into something holy and spiritual. And that's distinct from the, the way they used to bring carbonus before the Mishkan. They were able to bring carbonus, they were able to do mitzvahs, but they weren't able to cause any transformation. As we see, Sorry, and this is what we see from the two different types of materials that the, car- the Nisim brought in their carbonus. There were one category which was inanimate objects, gold, silver. Then there were materials like flour and incense, which don't have any life. They're, not, they're, they're static. They remain what they are. They're unchangeable. That represents the carbonus that were brought up until the time of the Mishkan that everything remained, it was the way it was, nothing could be transformed. Then there was a secondary category, a second, not secondary, more important category, which is the living animals, which express the idea of change, that they're living, they can move, they, they, they can change, things go up, things can grow, that this refers to the, the, the carbonus as they are brought on the Mizbeach, on the Mishkan now, because they have the ability to grow and to be elevated and to become something more important than they were before. And that's what they were trying to convey by bringing these two types of materials, the early types of carbonus and Aveda that people did, and then what happened now through the Mizbeach. That was the idea of bringing these two to show the difference between how things were how things are going to be now. Now, although the fundamental ability to be able to transform the physical world around us into something holy happened only at Matan Torah, but in, to some degree it began already with Avram, Avram Avinu himself. As we know, the, Rashi already mentioned to us that when Avram Avinu had his bris, and Hashem said, I make a covenant in your flesh, so that became a sanctified object as well, or an object of a mitzvah, which Avram Avinu already considered to be somewhat uh, on a higher level than ordinary mundane matter. And that's why he told Eliezer that that's what he should hold as a holy object to give his oath. And that explains 
the order of how they brought their, how Rashi explains the, uh, what the different object pertain to. He begins with that which was, uh, pertains to Odomerishan, that pertains to Noyach. Those were all the, th- the physical objects, the, the gold bowl, the silver, sorry, the silver bowl and the silver tray and um, the 70 nations, what corresponds to the 70 nations. These are all things and these are all things which are, pertain to the early way that things worked in the world. Then he changes into the living carbonus, and that pertains to Avram Yitzchak Yaakov and to Moshe Aaron and to the Yidin and Kainim Uvim Yisraelim to the Torah and so on. But we still have to understand there's one question that remains. The Kaf Achas Asarazor Meleika Torahs which he interprets as the, the luchas that were given, the Torah that was given from Hashem, and the Aseris Adibris, and the Tayag Mitzvahs, it's still talking about a golden spoon, which is still an inanimate object. How does that fit in to the inanimate uh, part of the narrative? It should, you would think, be part of the living, breathing part of it, that stuff that can grow. So the explanation of that is that Rashi emphasizes. It, the Kaf Achas corresponds to the Torah which was given from the hand of Hashem and also the, the fact that it weighed 10, ten uh, weights is because the Aseris Adibris and it was filled with Ketiris because Ketiris is the numerical value of Taryag we're still talking about the Taryag mitzvahs as they are contained within the Aseris Adibris so all of these three are still talking about Hashem as he holds the luchas, as he's handing over the luchas to the Yidin, as or just handing them over, contains ten aseres adibras, contains an allusion to all taryag mitzvahs, but still talking about the way Hashem holds them. I should mention that it, it says that Rashi tells us that in the aseres adibras you can find all the taryag mitzvahs; they all tie back to the aseres adibras. So we're talking about how the taryag mitzvahs are found within the Aseris Adibris. So we have to understand, there is Torah as it is, the purview of Hashem, the way it is in His reality. Shashu of Shalakadosh Baruch Hu, it is the, uh, the, and the object that brings the light to Hashem. It's the way He relates to Torah. The way He relates to Torah is not yet that it can transform the world into something, to transform the world. What can transform the world when a yid does a mitzvah, then it transforms the world. How do we know that? We see, for instance, that Hashem came down on Har Sinai. The, the Har Sinai became sanctified because Hashem was on it. If anyone were to touch the mountain, they would die. But what happened after Hashem went back, receded from the mountain, went back to, into heaven? Then the, the shofar blew and everybody could touch the mountain, meaning to say that even though he imbued holiness into the mountain while he was there, but it wasn't a permanent holiness. When he, when he went away, it went back to its ordinary state of physical, just material matter. So the luchas represent that. It's still the way it is in Hashem's hand. It's given from the hand of Hashem. The Yidden have not received it yet. It doesn't have the power to transform yet. When the Yidin received the Torah, then they began to do mitzvahs, they studied Torah. That brings the Torah's holiness into a permanent reality of the world. It can transform the reality of the world. 
And that's why the Kaf Achas is still connected, even though Hashem has the Torah, it's Hashem's Torah, He holds it in His hand, it's still inanimate. It still doesn't have the ability to transform the world. Only when it's given down to Chamisha Chumsha Torah, when it's given to the Yidin, when it's Kayanim Levim Yisraelim, when it's Torah Nevim Uksuvim, when, the, in other words, when the Torah is uh, given and received by the Yidin, now we look at the Yidin as they are seen through the prism of Torah. There's Kayanim, there's Levim, there's Yisraelim, there are different mitzvahs. The Tayag mitzvahs now are the way we understand the Tayag, the way they actually translate into physical performance of mitzvahs. Then they have the, way, the ability to transform the world, and that's why only then are they represented by the living animals, by that part of the carbon. And this explains another element of what we asked before, why Rashi uses the three, the Elim, at, um, Atudim, and Kvasim, and he gives two ongoing interpretations, Kayinim, Levim, Yisraelim, Tayinim, Levim, Aksuvim. That's six, but the answer, what he's trying to bring out is, that when the Yidin, the Kayinim, Levim, Yisraelim, they absorb the Tayinim, Levim, Aksuvim, when they merge with only then does it rise to, to be able to be represented by three living animals. It's really one thing because they merge into one, then they're represented by the animals. Which also explains why by Kaf Achas, it's seen as Achas. There's Torah as it comes from Hashem is all one entity. Hashem uttered all ten Dibris in one statement. Meaning to say to Him it's all just one entity. And it has ten Aseris um, Adibris means they're not divided into separate categories as we speak of later. There are five that represent this, five. They're all one thing. It's just one continuum. But later, when it became, when it, we're talking about the Yidden and has, how they absorb the Torah as the Elim, the Tudim, and the, and the Kfosim represent the Yidden and it represents the Torah as they merge, then the, there is two fives. There is the five of this type of Aseris Adibris, there's the five which is the other type of, of the Aseris Adibris, there we see separation into different categories, the way Torah is translated and understood and practiced in the real world, in the physical world, where it has the ability to transform the world.